Welcome to Songwriter. My name is Ben Arthur. Today, we have a song from multimedia artist Shanthony Exum, a.k.a. Miss Eves. But before that, we have our first selections of flash fiction. My name is Anna North. Um, I'm a novelist and a journalist. I am the author of two novels. The most recent is called The Life and Death of Sophie Stark. And I'm also a senior reporter at Vox, that's V-O-X, where I cover gender issues. Anna's writing is funny and startling and weird, and its form almost defies description. I guess they're flash fiction. Some people have described them as poems, like prose poems. I don't know what they are. Whatever you call them, they're relatively short, so we're going to have two today. And the first one is titled, The Machine. At first, they worked together on the machine. She knew how to fit the fine gears together, tooth on tooth. He praised her work on her parts of the machine. It grew in the barn like a foal feeding. At night, she saw the gears in her head. When their bodies fit together, she saw them. The machine grew taller than they were, and they had to stand on chairs to reach it. Then it was too big for the barn, and they had to take it apart piece by piece and rebuild it in the field, where the cows would graze if they had cows. It was spring and warm in the sun, and she liked to look at him rebuilding the machine, his arms and his keen eyes. It began to rain in the middle of the night, and he jumped out of bed to cover the machine with winter blankets to protect it from rust. Her cousin came to visit from the city. They had played together as children, and she still teased and touched him with a childish ease, but he treated her politely with a new deference. He was an engineer. They took him out to the field where the machine loomed, huge and unfinished. He asked, what does it do? How had she never thought to ask that question? She lay in bed afterward, indignant at herself. His response had been evasive. To her cousin, you'll have to come back and see it in action. And to her, later, if you really don't know by now, I'm not going to explain it to you. When she looked at him, his eyes slid away from her face, embarrassed. He didn't know, she thought. He had no idea. The next day, when he got up to work on the machine, she didn't follow. She lay in bed a long time and felt his absence in the sheets. Then she got up and drove to town and bought a hoe and fertilizer and seeds. The garden flourished that summer. Up from the earth rose fat-bellied tomatoes and eggplants thick as a man's arm. She made stew and fried zucchini, and she learned to pickle and can things for the winter. She bought a rabbit snare, and one fresh rain-scrub morning found a big hare lying broken inside it, past struggling. It looked at her with black, uncomprehending eyes, and she turned its neck with her bare hands. She felt young and strong and full of rage. Every night he came home covered in rust and oil and ate the food she made. The smell of metal filled their bed. She didn't ask him about the machine anymore. They barely spoke, but their fucking had grown violent. One night she bit him in the face so hard his cheek blood and swelled. He didn't complain. No one saw them anymore anyway. Her cousin sent an email she didn't answer. The leaves were falling and she was putting up the last of the pickled beans when the machine was finished. He didn't say anything, but she could see it in his face, that anxious pride. They went out to the field. She was touching him tenderly for the first time in weeks, kissing his neck. She wanted to see him triumphant. The machine was in the shape of a woman, arms raised. Its eyes were made of clock faces, and its breasts were the hubcaps from a Chevrolet. Its dress was sheet metal, rusted over like lace. From its belly emerged a silver lever, shining in the dying sun. She could hear the machine buzzing, and felt from it a sense of great power. He climbed up its scaffolding and pressed the lever down. For a moment, the whole field seemed changed by the machine. Colors of the grass and the turning leaves grew brighter. The birds went silent, and the clouds seemed to stop in the sky. 
And then the birds started up again. The clouds resumed. The greens and reds and yellows faded. And the machine stood still buzzing before them, the same as ever. I don't understand, he said. It worked before. And she patted his hand and told him he could try again tomorrow. But that night in their bed, there was a sorrow between them, a finality. The next day, he left before sunrise. She pretended to be asleep, and she didn't try to stop him. But all day, she lay in their bed, bent double with the sickness of his absence. At dusk, she got up and went out into the field. The birds were quiet, and she could smell the coming winter on the wind. The machine raised its arms toward the sky. Almost immediately, she saw what was missing. At the machine's waist, a bicycle chain lay slack, dangling off its gears. As she climbed the scaffolding, she thought of how he must have stared at the machine for days on end, and so lost the ability to see it clearly. The chain slid easily back into its place. She pulled the lever. And then from deep within the machine came a sound. It spread out through the metal skirts, out through the skybent arms, out through her own fingertips and her own shivering bones, out through the whole winter waiting field. A sound of great loneliness and terrible joy. And now, a very different piece called Cheese Baby. When my period came again, a day ahead of schedule, I carved myself a baby out of cheese. I only had enough for the head at first, so I had to go out and get two more blocks and melt the whole thing together with a candle. You probably want to know what kind of cheese I used. Cheddar. Brie was too soft, Swiss would have made him look pockmarked, and the other children would have made fun of him. Of course, I know he isn't a real baby. I have named him Bobraham. It's amazing how much you can do with a cheese baby. I dress him in a little hat, I push him in a stroller, I take him to the park and the other women coo over him. They freak out when I let them get close, but that's pretty much how people react to me too. I tell Bobraham not to worry. Yeah, I, I talk to him. It's actually weirder not to. Oh, I worry though. There are lots of things to stress out about with Bobraham that you wouldn't have to consider with a real baby. Mold, for instance. I cut it off with a little paring knife. It doesn't hurt him. Then there's always the issue of melting. Luckily, Bobraham was born in the winter, so we have a couple of months to plan for that. I'm thinking ice packs. And of course, there's the question of a father. I'm a traditional woman. I think a baby, especially a boy baby, needs a male role model. This, as you may have guessed, is why I'm writing to you. I think you will find me and Bobraham very easy to live with. He is quiet, naturally, and you can eat bits of him if you get hungry in the night. As for me, not everyone considers me attractive, and many people have described me as strange. But I am the type of woman who does what she can with what she has. And over time, I think you will come to find this appealing. That was Cheese Baby. And now we turn to the song inspired by the story, written by an artist brought to the project Diana North. Hi, I'm Shanthony Exum. I'm a multimedia artist. So I'm a rapper, designer, a street style photographer, and I have a music project called Miss Eves, which is what I worked on with Anna. I first met Anna when we worked on an article together. I wrote an op-ed for New York Times last summer about um, trolling, online trolling, and I also made a music video, and Anna was the editor. 
Which Anthony and I first like electronically met. She had written this this great song featured on Jezebel. It was about thighs. Yeah, it's just really funny, and like the video was really fun and great. And I had reached out to her. Her work is very sort of inflected with these ideas about gender and women and women's bodies. The first thing that I thought about when I read this story was that it was hilarious. I loved that. There was a woman who didn't have a biological baby, so she made one out of cheese. And just reading about people's reactions, I was laughing so hard. And so I was so happy that I got a chance to make a response song about it. I wrote this probably when I was about 25. I'm 35 now. I actually just had a baby. Um, he's four months old. He's not made of cheese, a real, real child, um, human, human child. I couldn't tell you what inspired me to write this story. I, I think it, I just thought it would be funny. <laughs> I think that the name Bobraham came to me almost before anything, and I just thought it was funny. My first uh, instinctive response artistically about this song was just to make it really funny, which I think is what I did. So usually I go with my gut and my first instinct, and that's kind of what I did with this song as well. Watching someone do a song about Cheese Baby and watching her in particular do such a great job was like the, you know, the dream for a writer. It was so funny. She also, I have to say, she made a little prop because she also, she makes a lot of, um, a lot of stuff for her shows and she made a little Cheese Baby um, and it's in my real baby's room now. I had this block of cheese from this plastic toy set that I had and I put googly eyes on it and a little like baby mouth and I was like, this is going to be so great, Anna's going to love it, and she did, so I was really happy that I took the time to make the prop. I made it more for Anna than my actual performance, but I was really happy to give her that. I worked on this song with my friend Keish. She made the beat. She's a really talented producer. You should check her out. And now, here's Miss Eves with her song, Cheese Baby. Cause he's made 
made of cheese and cheese doesn't cry so he's not fussy and as for me hope you agree though i'm a little weird you can grow and love me oh please don't eat ovaries gonna be a mom to a baby of cheese oh please don't eat ovaries gonna be a mom to a baby of cheese oh please don't eat ovaries gonna be a mom to a baby of cheese oh please don't eat ovaries That was Miss Eves with her song, Cheese Baby, written in response to a piece of short fiction by Anna North. And that was the final episode of the first season of Songwriter. However, there is one final, final episode, a bonus episode, that will feature a story called Vivian Ralph by Jonathan Lethem and a song written in response by Cindy Lee Berryhill. And I should say that I wrote a song in response to Anna's story, The Machine, for a live show that Shanthony, Anna, and I did together. And you can listen to it at songwriterpodcast.com, where you can also listen to some of the other episodes in the season and see listings for upcoming live shows. 